Welcome to GCU Author Interviews. Hey, Untamables. This is author and poet Kiana Denae. I just wanted to send some love to Untamed in this Get Caught Up podcast with Writer Wednesdays. These tips are amazing. They are definitely very relevant in not only the author world, but the business world. And please, please follow and listen to this podcast and get your life together with branding, with um, promoting yourself, marketing, everything. All these Writer Wednesdays tips are the perfect jumpstart into making yourself promotable, making yourself marketable, and making yourself uh, professional. So I'm sending you all love and ink. Have a great day. And now, here is your host. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Get Caught Up podcast. I am your host, Untamed. Um, I normally say, you know, like podcaster, author, producer, all these things that I've said, but just a few minutes ago, we were given a great title. Yep. And it was by our upcoming guest tonight. So let me go ahead and pull in the other host. We are now the Oprah and Gail of the podcasting community. So, I, hey, how you doing, Gail? Hey, Oprah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. I Crystal is Gail. I'm Oprah. We at look now. Now that's how, that's what we gonna go by. Okay, yes. the Oprah and Gail mm-hmm. of the podcast community. You know, I used to, when I was growing up, um, I went to the school with a girl. She was a beautiful girl, red hair, freckles. Oh my gosh, I loved her. Her name was Gail, and I was Crystal. So our teacher would always say, hey, Crystal Gail. And then we would be like, that's not cute until we got a little bit older and realized that Crystal Gail was a singer. And then this, that's when y'all really liked it then. <laughs> yeah, because we like, oh, okay, she made us feel special because she, yeah, she always, we just think she was just being funny, but then, yeah, we realized that Crystal Gale was a singer, so I was like, okay, that's fine, but yep, she used to say, hey, Crystal Gale, and I'm like, that ain't funny. You <laughs> kind of that messy cute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like to be called just Crystal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay with being Gale tonight, so, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, okay. All right, well, thank you, Gail. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, listen, last time we were on, and I apologize. You know, I normally am better about this, and you would think that I would be better about it this month, especially. But I, I forgot on our last two podcasts. I think I already know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. You didn't forget. You forgot because I didn't forget mine because she wasn't gonna get me, even though she don't listen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I forgot to wish all of our April people happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy bookversary. And I really feel bad because in between that time, my daughter had a birthday. Too. That's what I was waiting for. It's good to wish everybody else happy birthday, but we talking about your, just your daughter right now. We, we ain't talking about everybody else. I mean, I said it for everybody else too, but you know. So happy 
happy 22nd birthday, boo-boo. I'm sorry. Oh, happy 22nd birthday, boo-boo. Yes, my daughter is actually turning 29 this year. Her last year is in her 20s. And I feel special that she wanted to spend it with her mama. That's the, you know, that's what my daughter did. Her request was just to go out um, to the movies with the family and to have a home cooked meal. That's what she wanted for her birthday. Oh, I wish my daughter uh, would have said that. Look, but she's also a a, a senior in college, so you know. <laughs> go girls, go girls. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, my daughter wrote me out of a whole cruise. And I do, and I do want to say this. Also, I want to give a big shout out to Denisha Little. Um, what I came to find out after Denisha Little, who's been a guest on our show quite a few times. Yes. Um, and you know, I always say I, I ride for her. That's my food. Mm-hmm. But, um, I did not know this, but because my daughter normally reads like mystery books and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but Denisha Little was like the first author she read a romance. Now y'all don't don't say nothing because I didn't let my children read my stuff. Okay, <laughs> I about said they can read your stuff. They can read anybody's stuff. They didn't. They didn't let them read my stuff. So Denisha yeah. was actually the first romance writer that she read by her mama, <laughs> Denisha, and she was her favorite author. And so I didn't know this. We kind of happened ran up on this information because she saw me with Denisha's book and I was like, yeah, that's my girl. And she's like, oh my God, that's like my favorite author besides you, Mom. But she's oh. <laughs> my favorite author. And so Denisha sent her a nice birthday wish for her 22nd birthday. I thank her so much for that because she just was over the moon to get oh. something so that was just the best thing ever. But yes, yeah, so yeah, that that's my boo, that's my baby. And on the thirteenth, mom, me, will be celebrating my birthday. So, oh, happy birthday in advance! Thank you so much. I appreciate. But I'm still gonna text you and say happy birthday. So, so now you see why I'm sitting here like, how did it work? And I forget April. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Of all months. Now, what I don't do is fool around with April because if I do, my child will let me know. Girl, he will definitely let me know. They're like, I oh, you forget my birthday? Mm-hmm. Lord, I don't see how I forgot it because between me and my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like, y'all both. So many people's birthday in April. Your daughter, too. Like, yes, yes. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. She's talking about something. We're going to have a good time, but I need to take a nap. I said, I'm the old one. Like, I don't like you need to take a nap. She said, look, she should get prepared for them elder years. She gonna cuss and risk being now ahead of time. I don't know. This girl go home and take a two to three hour nap and still go to bed at night. So I don't know what type of stuff she on, but hey. Well, she got an old soul. That's all it is. That's good, though. Tell her to stay there. She's old in a minute. That's one ratchet old chick. <laughs> well, you guys, as always, you know, I got to show love to our people who give us the kind of money that fold and the kind that jiggle. We just like all uh-huh. of it. <laughs> yes, we do. And I think. All right, we appreciate it all. So, 
we are here at the Get Caught Up Podcast are presented by Untamed Publishing. Please allow us to help you unlock your unlimited writing potential. If you are an aspiring new or even a seasoned author and you want help along your literary journey, please visit www.untamedpublishing.net. There are a variety of services available for you, such as synopsis writing, editing, proofreading, it's also where you can go to sign up for author interviews beginning June 1st. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because we are booked and busy right now. So, yes, June 1st is when we reopen. But definitely make sure you quit with the trigger finger because I can guarantee you when June 1st opens, it's going to close the same day. <laughs> yep, just like some shutters. You know, when just you open them right then and there. Right in the grand closing. Yep. <laughs> So, but thank you so much to Kiana Danae, XO, JC, KB's Bookshelf, Tyler Landscaping, Jones, Pressure Washington Lawn Care, and me and my son's lawn care for your continued and devoted support of the Get Caught Up podcast. We appreciate you very, 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 very much. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. So now we are about to get into our awesome and amazing guest of the evening, who I have just a personal affection for. So I'm a little bit biased, and that's okay because I can be that way. Um, <laughs> you are allowed to be everyone. You are open. I'm allowed to be extra today. So, but I'm going to allow you, Crystal, to intro our guest in. Yeah, I'm excited. I love doing this part. Okay. Julia Press Simmons is the CEO of Amerami. Did I say that right? Amerami? Amerami. I think so. We'll ask her. Okay, we'll ask. Amerami Media LLC. Sticky Situations. I like Sticky Situations. Okay. <laughs> and the EIC of Amerami Wire Magazine and Intellectual Ink Magazine. She is the critically acclaimed author of more than 20 books, including the Strawberry Mansion and Fornication Series. Oh, wait a minute. Fornication? Okay. <laughs> Which was recently picked up by Urban Books and slated for mass market publication and distribution. She writes dark fantasy, paranormal romance, science fiction, and comic books with her husband under the pen names Simmons Gibbs and, oh, wait a minute, Mawandisha? Oh, yeah, we got to ask how to pronounce that. She is an award-winning spoken word artist and playwright. Her play, Down There, was selected by the Shades of Black Festival Emerging Playwrights series in Nashville, Tennessee. Down There also received a stage reading by the African-American Playwriting Exchange in New York City. She lives in Pennsylvania with her family. Julian Simmons, welcome to the UP Hospital. How are you? I know you got to be tired because I write a lot. You do a lot, but are you ready? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I is tired. I am perpetually <laughs> tired. <laughs> I is tired. I, yeah. <laughs> Yes, but I am so excited, so excited. And I sound fancy when y'all read my bio. That girl a reader. Sound fancy. You are fancy. I mean, you love <laughs> Oprah. Like, what? You are fancy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you fancy, huh? Yes. I'm a barrage. 
<laughs> listen, yes, you are. So listen now. Are we gonna ask up front? Did we pronounce those names? Right? Yeah, absolutely not. Y'all did not. But y'all wasn't far off. So it's a Merrimay, like anime. Okay. Yeah. Like anime. And it's Wandishi, which is just Swahili for writers. Okay, Wandishi. I should have known the M was silent, but you know, when I was in elementary school, you know, pre-K and kindergarten, we were told to pronounce every syllable. So that's why all the American words y'all got right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still got a problem with the fit. The knife was pronounced knife and not knife. Okay. <laughs> right. I still got a problem with that. All right. So, but yes. Yeah, so, Julia and many of you who do not know, um, Julia is, like she says, of Intellectual Ink Magazine and so that is also where I get the privilege to be the event columnist for and I am so grateful for that opportunity okay. to work with Julia in that manner and it just she is the bomb I love this magazine so so much I love what it's doing for the culture um, and that's why I'm biased <laughs> Well, that's why you tired too. Cause I mean, y'all out here in your bag. Like, when do y'all sleep? I mean, I don't sleep because I just don't sleep. I'm not this busy. Woo! She said, that's why you tired too? That's why you tired too. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, we look, we have many, 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 many hats. So I do want to, we're going to get into the book on the second half, but I want to really get into, Julia, just you telling us a little bit about your different companies and what they offer, what they bring to the table, because we want to get to know a little bit more about you. Okay, so... I'm going to try to do this as succinctly as possible. Okay. <laughs> it, might not be, it, might, it might not work, but I'm, I'm going to try. All right. So when I was in the fourth grade in elementary school, I started a school newspaper called Bling Talk. And I wanted to be a journalist. Like, I was like, they let me start the newspaper. I was running around school, but I was like, peeking my head into the, you know, the teacher conference room. And when my newspaper came out, it was full of grown folk business. And they was like, no. Uh, <laughs> That's why, because you got all the wrong business. <laughs> Where activities we having for the month, not nobody grown folk business. But it was called Blaine Talk. And I always knew that I wanted to be a journalist, but I got pregnant when I was in high school and I got sidetracked. A lot of people told me that that wasn't going to happen for me, but I kept coming back to it. I like, I knew, you know, my name is Julia Press. It, it was written. It, it's above me. Like I was, I was <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, um, I, I started writing. I started doing poetry. I started doing a whole bunch of things, but I always came back to wanting to build a platform. And when my son was in college and he wanted to be a gamer and he wanted to um, 
like start a podcast, I started a Merrimay for him, him and my younger brother to, you know, get them pushed. But I fell in love with it because I'm a big old nerd. So we started covering conventions and I started a magazine and it like grew into a whole media arm. I started um, several publishing companies throughout the years, but Sticky Situation was just me trying to get back, like me trying to put authors on and share some of my shine and and get people who thought were really talented out there. But when when I tried to get them pressed, I couldn't. I could not get press for these authors. And um, I paid for press and they took my money and, and nothing ever came out of it. Wow. So I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all table, excuse my language. I'll build with mom table, you know what I'm saying? And I'll provide press for authors, for urban authors and, and um, entrepreneurs and creatives in general where they're not being charged, you know, it's traditional press. We try to cover everybody. We try to, you know what I'm saying, give everybody that amplification that they deserve, that mainstream media ignores. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 uh they love our rhythm, but they can't handle our blues and they don't want to no credit, no exposure. So we do intellectual ink magazine for that reason. To to give coverage to deserving creatives and authors, you know, um, free of charge. We have sponsors and stuff like that, but I don't pass any of the costs down to um, the authors and the people that we interview. And every about this and onward and upward, upward from here. Like, that was it in the next year. How did I do? Did, was that good? Did I cover everything? That was, I yes, like, so you covered can I just repeat something that she said that I wanted to make sure everybody in the back here? Mm-hmm. Fuck your table. I'll make my own. I like yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? This is why, Julia, as I was reading like your, your bio and um, reading like the end, the back of uh, Strawberry Mansion. And just even talking to you and hearing you, it's, I feel so connected to you because people can be going through some of the similar things in life yep. and you never know it. Like, I feel like I'm like, man, this is why we were meant to connect because mm-hmm. we went through so many, like, similar things. Even the book is, you know, Strawberry Mansion is just similar in, in statute to um, my Never Again No More series. And um, it, it's just so many factors. Just us as women and this us as black women went through because even with this podcast, this podcast was started because me as an author trying to get out there trying to get interviews and everything done I was bumping up against two things number one was like you said people wanted this exorbitant amount of money for you to come on and then half of the time there were platforms but they weren't for us and so they didn't know who to market they didn't have a market for us you know what I'm saying and they didn't, they didn't have that built in and so that was just one of the things for me that I was like you know what I'm tired of this. Let me start a podcast where we can highlight our own stuff 
and um, I'm not charging people to come on here like this, you know. It's like, come on in, build your resume, or just get, you know, get your word out and get it out here to the people who like to read our stories, you know. And that is exactly how this passion project we got started. And so I, I have been still rocking with it. I love it to pieces. I love it too. I, and, and I thank so, you. For letting me come ride with you because this is one heck of a ride and I don't want to get off yet. Listen, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, it's one of the reasons why Insulation Week is also a passion project for me too to be a part of because, you know, I know it was created in the same vein and it so represents. It's a beautiful, you do a beautiful, you and Charlotte, y'all do a exceptional job on this magazine. I, I am just in awe every time the issue releases. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. And I'm so thankful that you asked me to be a part of it. So thank you, Julia. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you are most, most welcome. And we, like, we work tirelessly, like, tirelessly (laughs) on the magazine. But I wanted it to compete. Everything I ever did, I wanted it to compete. I, I never wanted to look like even when I had my son I was so strict on my son because I had him on my 16th birthday and I'm like you ain't gonna be out here acting like no child that had you you know like I never wanted to um look independent if that doesn't end I hope I don't make nobody mad with that but um I, I, I wanted to sit on the shelves with essence with Ebony, with you know what I'm saying, with the with the popular. So we worked really, really hard at it. And I thank you so much. I was so nervous when I approached you to be a <laughs> when I approached everybody, I was like, let me look. I really looked to see who was running. That was my first mistake with my earlier companies is that, you know, a lot of people want to climb up on your back. Right. And have you carry them to success. And I was like, that's not gonna work because my back ain't that strong. And so everybody's, uh, everybody's ideas of success are different, right? Um, but I needed to people who were running, who had a brand, who had a name, who had drive, and I was like, I could run with them. So now, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm running with my tribe. We all out like everybody who's in um, cahoots <laughs> with me, with Intellectual Ink Magazine and the Mermaid Media, are really about their game. And they're really understand like we're on a legacy grind. Like we we want to leave this stuff for our kids. Exactly. We stuff forward. So I really I really appreciate you, and I'm like so happy every time you turn in. So I'm like thank you. But yeah, I just I just knew that once you start vibrating higher, and once you get clear about your mission and what you want to do, people who aren't supposed to be with you start falling away. Definitely. Or they start like repelling away from you. And the people that you're trying that you're supposed to be with are attracted to you because y'all y'all thinking the same, y'all vibing the same. So it was really good. And I'm really I'm really proud of it. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight working on it. So. 
<laughs> Listen, I understand some very sleepless nights. I, I I get it up wholeheartedly, and you know I will say this, and I've said this many many times before. When I even started in this business, my prayer was, you know, Lord, let who and what is for me come to me, and what who is not for me, just rock, keep it away from me. And I have been so blessed throughout my tenure in this industry for to always, somehow, some way, through the grace of the Lord, continue to hook up with like minded individuals who have big vision and even bigger hearts. So I am just so grateful to be around you ladies and everyone else. Thank you. My journey, it has just been, just this collection of brothers and sisterhood has been such a beautiful thing for me. So I appreciate you guys to the fullest. And now I'm gonna slide on in to talk and to ask you a little bit about you as an author. So look, I already feel like I know why you made uh, you know the decision to become a published author because you said press is in your name. So we <laughs> press is in your name. So I would say this. What for you? Do you feel makes your work stand out and stand apart? Um, I feel as though it's my um, love of reading. And that's my mother. My mother punished me with reading. So she oh, never oh, put her hands on me. Yeah. Always she she reads big sci-fi fantasy tones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and <laughs> She would when I was on punishment, I had to read her books. And I could not read something that she didn't read. So I, I couldn't like just skim the synopsis and, and give it to her. I had to write reports. But eventually wow. I started liking it. I started loving it. I was in her room on her books that she was currently reading. <laughs> I started loving it. And and I was a little uh, a little little ass liar when I was a child, right? I was like, I was always telling the tallest tale and so much so that <laughs> they sent me to see somebody they was like no she she not right she got, <laughs> she got so i had to go to um speak to a therapist and my dad got the bill and when he got the bill he was like listen you are not a liar you're a writer all right, you need to write these stories down. That's what they're, they're called. And then when you tell a lie, you tell a lie stupid. You got to keep the lies close to the truth. You know what I'm saying? So you remember the truth, then you remember the lie. You all over the place. I'm not paying for this. <laughs> I started writing my stories down. And um, I've always a star was born like I, I would tell these fanciful tales and tell these stories it was my game <laughs> oh my gosh a star was born I know that's right that said you were right <laughs> oh my gosh I absolutely love that so in your writing journey though and I know that you have sticky situations, so you collaborate or or you organize your anthologies. But 
Are, is there someone who you would love to pair with or a few individuals you would like to pair with to actually collaborate on a project together? Absolutely not. I write with my husband and that is a process. I <laughs> cannot imagine doing that with somebody I didn't love. <laughs> <laughs> you said that's enough. Yeah, I am. Um, I am uh, humble in real life, but when it comes to my writing, I have a big ego. So I don't think that my ego would match. I don't think I reached that level of maturity yet. Maybe throw another ten years on it, <laughs> and I could be like, "Yes, let's write together." But until then, not. <laughs> you said you said nah. nah. Nah, I'm good. Right. Yeah. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> no, I get it. It is a it's a feat. You know, I won't even pretend. <laughs> I won't even pretend on it. It is a feat to try to actually, you know, write with another person and mesh with them. So it is a labor of love. You're not lying on that. <laughs> yes. It, it really is. And then, and then my plate is so full. Like, even if it was, like, it's some people that not even, I don't think I want to write with, but I would just love to get to know and develop a relationship with because I read their work and I'm such an admirer of their work, but I just don't have the time or the to, to do the projects like that outside of everything that I'm already doing. And I was, if, if it wasn't for, you know, my partner, Charlotte, you know, being a creative director of the magazine, I wouldn't even have the time to write with my husband. Oh, but, wow. You know, yeah. So, like, it's, I think it's just time, maturity level, <laughs> and ego blocking <laughs> <laughs> collaborations. Yes. Yes. It can be something. I have. I've done a couple of collaborations with three. Now, the three collaborations now, and I will tell you, with three different people, and I can guarantee you, um, it's definitely a lot of time, a lot of uh, a lot of labor of love, a lot of headbutting, a lot of discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can imagine. A it's a lot. So I'm with you on that. I think that I have maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got that on the I'm like you with that. Get somebody else to do it. Get somebody else to do it. Now, I, love, I love everybody. I don't, you know, I think I wouldn't be opposed to doing an anthology or something I can write on my own and, you know, contribute to it. But, all right. The process of working with the editor, like when, when I know we're not talking about that, but Strawberry Mansion, when um, it was picked up by Urban Books, I had to work with one of their editors. And then um, my husband hired um, Chanel Bacon to help me understand what the fuck the editor was saying, because I didn't get it. <laughs> with two editors, I'm like, I'm giving y'all art. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> 
nowhere to go. <laughs> no, you gotta fix this. <laughs> so yeah, like even even that process was it was it was good for me. Like I grew and I got to understand a lot more about um writing, but it was a struggle for me as well. Because what you mean that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all. Big, hey, inspiring writers, y'all got to understand it's a process. And when you're dealing with, especially when you're dealing with traditional, you kind of get into elements where you're dealing with a lot of different, you know, departments and all of this stuff. And so it, it's, it's a process. So, uh, I would say, look, and let me ask you, since you've gone through this process, both traditionally now and independently, what's some advice that you think that you would give to an aspiring writer who's looking to go in either direction? Um, open up, you know what I'm saying? O- open up and uh, turn to detach yourself from the work. Look at, look, look at it objectively. It takes some time in doing, but once you get a stride of it, you're and you're looking at this like, okay, this is the patient. What, what does the patient need? You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the best way that I can I can say because baby, my ego, mm-mm, no, like <laughs> I, I submitted Strawberry Mansion in 2008 mm-hmm. when I came out with it. I got one rejection letter. You always hear about these writers saying they stacking up re- rejection letters. I got one and said, I don't ever want to read no shit like that before again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Publishing independently because absolutely not. Y'all win. <laughs> she said, uh-uh. she, said she got that word rejection letter. said, fuck this. I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a masterpiece. But yeah, like open up and and want to be better. I think that's what I think I've reached a level of maturity now that I want to improve. I want to I want my writing to to mature and grow. And you know, I have these fantastical ideas of stories and scripts in my head. And I want to be able to, you know transfer that to paper so you got to listen and you you don't know everything and you got to be open and that's easy to say i'm one person that like i'll tell you a joke but i'll never tell you a lie i'm not that's not easy thing for me or many people right to accept criticism and to actually apply (laughs) the criticism like okay Listen, and no, you are telling the God's honest truth because if anybody that would tell you that it's an editor, like every author will go into it. I don't care who it is, because I'm an editor too, and you know, they go into it. Oh, yeah, tell me the truth. I want the feedback. And for whatever reason, because we're tied, and, I, and I'm an author myself, so we're tied to our stories. We get in the habit of feeling like, okay, because it's my story, and <laughs> this is the way I want to do it, then yeah. when that feedback comes back and it's not favorable, it's like, oh, now wait a minute now, I didn't know you were going to start chopping my story in, telling me I need to cut this side, and you know, you start trying to hold on to every period and every dot yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, listen, 
step away from the story. You know, that's why editors always say your editor is not your friend. They are not your yes men. Then they're your editor. <laughs> Right, you paying them to do a job, so they should be doing it. That's true. You're paying them to do it. But then you gotta let them do it. You you gotta let them do it. And you know, I'm so I'm so headstrong and I'm an underwriter. And like for the people who don't know what that is, is that I, I don't write a lot. Like I, I write succinct, you know, really short story. I get to the meat of it. Anything that I would skip over in somebody else's book, like long drawn out description, like don't describe a supermarket to me, bitch. Like I know what a supermarket looks like. <laughs> so I don't do <laughs> I, I don't do that, but in traditional publishing, like you gotta paint more of a picture, Julia. You just can't <laughs> don't nobody grow, <laughs> grow up in strawberry mansion. Where is that at? What's that? Where you I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what you saying? <laughs> Makes a little bit of sense. I guess I can we'll describe that a little bit better. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know, right? I know what a supermarket is. I said, but, but you know, see, I told you this is why we kindred spirits. Yeah. Because anybody, I tell anybody, like I'm so character driven. Me doing a setting is just that's something that I had to, you know, really develop on because I'm like you. If I tell you at grocery store, them you ain't got no grocery store, got two dogs, the conveyor belt, you know where the grocery store got it. Y'all want to tell me what's on the shelf, and I'm like, listen, okay, let me grow into this, let me grow into it, Lord. <laughs> But I feel like you only should be telling it if it has something to do with the story or the scene. Granted, I mean, my thing is if I'm reading something and then I'm picturing in my head as it's going on and then your description is different than mine, like I'm confused. Cause that's not what I'm seeing. Like some of the covers, they be like having people on it and then you read in the book and I'm like, that's not what you do. Um, that person don't look like that on the cover. You confusing me. So you're right. I don't need all the time description of the scene. Not all the time. Actually, not all, not all the time. Not all the time. No. I understand. Because sometimes, you know, and, and um, it's okay, you know, to build the world up and all of that good stuff because it is necessary at times so you can take the, the reader on the experience of it. Right. Um, and you just have to learn that balance between yes. building the world and showing them and guiding them into, you know, your vision, but also leaving it a bit open so that they can develop their world in their own mind as a reader. Because we want to balance as a reader. Like, you want to be able to see, experience the author's writing, but you also get taken into a place where you go inside of your own head and you have your own experience with it. And sometimes if it's too descriptive, it's so hard to break away from it. And that idea of what you had in your mind is not what's in the book. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it ruins the experience for you. <laughs> so, well, let me just say this. I got me a whole world with three little cities. I got, and the thing is, I only put things that I wanted to do, that I'm interested in. So if you want to go to Target in my world, you at Target. I don't care. 
You, you can go wherever you want. Because I didn't say I was at Target. I just said I was at this yoga studio or I was at this club or I was at this bookstore, cafe. You know, so things like that. But other places, you that go ahead and put it in your imagination. I'm for it. All for it. Go, go your imagination. Uh-huh. Well, listen... We got to get into the book. So what we are going to do right here, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to read the synopsis for Strawberry Mansion. And then we'll get into questions about the book of the hour. So when we come back, we will be diving into the meat of the interview. (laughs) We'll be right back in just one moment. Untamed Publishing has partnered with Katie Creatives to present to you UP pre-made book covers. With over 200 covers to choose from, we're sure you'll find exactly what you need to fit your author needs. Just visit www.untamedpublishing.net. Looking for a place you can get something for everyone? Butterfly Spirit LLC is a boutique that has you covered. From apparel, accessories, health and wellness products, and even custom design press-on nails. Visit us at ButterflySpiritLLC.com where comfort meets a piece of style. Hello, hello, hello. We are back and welcome back. As you know, we are with our special guest of the evening, author Julia Press-Simmons. We have been talking to her about being a CEO and being an author and having some good old talk and giving, dropping some great jewels for all of these up-and-coming inspiring writers. But now we are about to get into the book of the hour, which is her book, Strawberry Mansion. And I I am going to read the synopsis and then we're gonna dive on in. So let me look, let me place on my spectacles. <laughs> and you take and look, I take mine off and you putting them on. <laughs> that was also I had to put them on. Oh. Uh, I can't read with them on. We're gonna be swinging talking about what <laughs> right. not because baby, I can't see what I <laughs> so here we go. Strawberry Mansion, a Philadelphia story, is a dramatic tale of three young friends who must rely on their connection to each other to weather tragic storms. Tabitha lost her freedom in high school when she hooked up with a boy who would impregnate her and make her his Lisa is deemed the strong one by her friend, but her own past of sexual abuse and pregnancy at the hands of her stepfather keeps her one second away from falling apart as the drama builds. Their younger friend should be ready and willing to let any boy have her just to get the affection she believes her mother was her mother has withheld. As their world spirals out of control, they cling fast to one another in the hope that love, friendship, and strength will not only keep them together, but will also move them to a better place in their lives. Woo! That's a lot just from that one sentence. Please tell me the stepfather is in hell. Yes, yes. Okay. Burn. 
I hope he burned on. I hope he burned here before he went there to burn some more because that's just sickening. Oh, yes, it is. That is a whew, that is a tough story. So I'm gonna start off by asking you. Um, of course, the number one question, a tough question. And I can, I know stuff, but I want the listeners, the readers, to you know get it from the authors. Now. What prompted you to write this story? Yes, because in in my world at that time, I'm Tabitha in this story, mm-hmm. and it's loosely based on my life. But in my world, this kind of stuff was happening to everybody. Like okay. everybody in my friends were being beat up. It was it was normalized, but you know, my my mother and father were married, like I didn't grow up seeing it, but I was in it. And it was normalized. And at that time, there was no programs, there was no domestic violence hotlines, there was no recognized signs, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I wanted to write, like, just to try to keep my sanity, because I felt this slipping, to, you know, document what was happening to me, and what was happening to the young ladies around me. Now, Lisa and Shanice are not real people, they're like composites of the girls that I knew. Um, and the the situations like I had to like take little bits and pieces because I did not want to tell anyone else's story but mine Mm -hmm. and um, it was a lot of things that I had it was at first the book was called Teenage Times and it was like you know that scene in the help when everybody started reading the book and start recognizing people you know what mm-hmm. right. <laughs> from the book like it was, it could have been a situation like that so I was like nah girl this ain't fictionalized enough you won't get people shot <laughs> so um, I had to like you know mix some characters up and also to like create some distance between me and the characters because of, of what people thought or things that people said I didn't want to feel convicted by their opinions mm-hmm. so I um, fictionalized the hell out of it but yeah that is my story and That's- it was just, I'm sorry. Just listening to the um, synopsis is powerful, and to be going through that as a teenager. So, and like you stated, at the time it was happening, you know, with parents, um, with other girls. But what, you know, if anybody now would read this, what do you expect them to take from this story? What do you want them to take from this story? Well, I I want I hopefully I hope it opens up dialogue. Okay. I I wish that there was a lot that I could tell my mother, you know what I'm saying? And I couldn't. So I figured that if I gave this book to mothers, maybe it would open up a segue if they read it with their daughters, that they could be like, is this any of this happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to you, or you know what I'm saying? Or like notice some things. So I wanted it to just open up the conversation into people of that's not happening in high school. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was 15. So they are living very adult lives in high schools. And yeah. you know, one of my taglines 
um, my promotional lines was ever wonder who was hurting your daughter because I was very good at hiding what happened to me I was very ashamed you know it, when it came to my family and the people at school people who could help me I hid it from the people who were in the trenches with me knew what was going on but the people who could have possibly offered me a way out I hid it from so I, I hope that they take that and, and and have hard discussions and open discussions with their children. Mm, definitely. And then, you know, you talked, you touched on friendship because basically, you know, some people, and I will never say never, but some people find their lifelong friends in high school and some people don't. And I know you just said that other two characters, Lisa and Shanice, are fictional, but, you know, would they be, do you think with everything that you, you know, that you guys will, from the story they went through as teenagers, would they still have a strong friendship as adults, older adults? those girls if those girls were real I would say yes but in my in my own experience when I was that young I always shrink myself okay. to so the, the person that I am now is so far from the person I pretended to be in my youth that I don't really have anything common with the uh, girls that I went to school with that is true that like people all of the ones that were like you know like my best friend in high school we don't even we barely talk like we talk maybe every other so often like so I have like maybe a couple of people in my life that was from high school that I still deal with to this day so I definitely understand that now the strength part because I kind of like I'm always you know strength and love but the strength even though each one was going through their own issues and problems where was the strength coming from I think as, as a people it's an it you know from what we endure but um, right. as a culture we even as young girls I've mothered young girls and young women have mothered me like it's just something right. about the sisterhood that right. is recognizable and can be unspoken like you know like girl like all right let me help you know what i'm saying you just jump right. in with the, with the help because you know what's going on it's unspoken yes because when you know that person so well you can look at them and you can hear it in their yeah. tone like you said it's that culture part so that is definitely true that like i don't you know and that's like what Untane was saying because this book is close to the um no more series because i'm telling you that that series took me through it good lord <laughs> it took me through it it went from me wanting to beat people up as my daughter say always, I wanted to dog walk a couple of people, you know, it's things like that. But what do you feel you learned? Okay, you this is your story. This is bits and pieces from your story. But what do you feel like you learned from this story? And what can you take from this story that you wrote and go back and tell your younger self? Shine. Like, oh, like okay it's all right if you don't belong here it's it's okay that you write you know what i'm saying or that right. your ambitions are, are are fantastic you know what i'm saying 
people that I grew up with, and I'm not like knocking this stuff, but they're the stuff that they wanted juxtaposed to the stuff that I wanted were light years away. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would love to go back and tell that little girl, it's okay. <laughs> You're not a million. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Stand up. Take up more space. And that's and I'm 40, I'm 45. And that is something that I'm still learning. Like that is something that um, my my business partner Charlotte still helps me with like take up space, Julie. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. like get into the forefront because this is very uncomfortable. I am in the background. Like Untame will tell you, like you don't know I'm online, but I'm in everybody's inbox. Hey, can I get this? <laughs> like I'm comfortable behind the scenes, and because every time I tried to be bright, I was slapped down. Right. Right. So now this is me, you know, in in all my motherfucking glory. Like, yes, I am her. She and, did that. You know what I'm saying? I'm for that. I'm for that. Because like you said, to see where you come from to where you are now. Yes, definitely shine and come on to the forefront. Move out the way and let her up. Don't even don't even say excuse me. Push them. Yes. <laughs> Push them. Let me through. Let me through. So I definitely understand it. And I tell people all the time, like, how I am now is not how I used to be. <laughs> like, not at all. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm still not a people person. So if I'm if I'm rocking with you, that means I like because yeah I'm like I said I'm still not a people person but I definitely understand and I you know because I see that you're um you're bringing the books back out the whole series back out this fall right yes I'm excited so look now I'm gonna keep out I'm gonna keep my eye out because I'm gonna have to read all of them and if you if you have me crying I am gonna slide in your DM and tell you I'm going to slide in your DM and I'm like, you got me up here snotting and crying and I cannot take this because I already know I am just from listening to the daggone synopsis and then looking at the other two books. I was like, yeah, she already going to have me crying. I already know. So I'm excited for this. And I just one thing I can say is I thank you for sharing your story because it is so many people out here that need to hear it and hear that, you know, you can shine and to get the strength that you need to change your situation. So I thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Gail. Now, I will say this. What? And, and we touched on it some, but if there was one specific message, you know, that you want the readers to take away, um, what would that be from your story? Well, I hope they take away, you know, l- lessons like look at it as an instructional manual. Like, don't. You know, <laughs> Don't let nobody, you know what I'm saying, dim your life. Don't let nobody separate. Look at people's motivations. You know, listen to them. Because people tell you who they are. God, girl, anyway, if you listen, they tell you who they are. They tell you what they want. You know what I'm saying? And, and, And be direct. Like, 
Shanice in the story, she was so promiscuous because she wanted affection. She wanted attention. This is a lot of girls out here and guys, you know, fucking for hugs. They just mm-hmm. want the hug, but feel like that they have to have sex in order to get it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm trying to, I, I heard what you said, but did you say they was effing for hugs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, want, you want the intimacy. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know how to get it without offering yourself a right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to separate intimacy and affection from sex. Right. Yeah. And, and that is a, and that's a huge, that's a time honor. Like, just things that we've done generation over generation that's why you know we have so many teens have they so many, you know young girls who are pregnant because they just have not learned that affection does not necessarily mean offering your body you know yeah and and having that time and you know just having somebody showing you love doesn't necessarily mean you gotta be making love or what you think is making love you know what I'm saying and I think the same thing for young boys too and it's not like so much that they want to be a player it's just that they want to be the intimate they want intimacy and they don't know how to get it as many females as you can like it's encouraged it's applauded you know even if it's now frowned upon openly privately it's still the good old boys club of saying oh yeah you get that you know what I'm saying and it's passed down from father to son friend to friend you know because they've learned it in that circle of this is how they show affection so they don't understand it you know, and even now, aside from that, you know, another situation is, you know, telling them not to cry. You know, anger is encouraged, fighting is encouraged. You know, because you gotta show the brawn and you gotta show the strength. So now you got a bunch of the guys out here who don't know how to talk. They just know how to hit. They don't know how to hug. They just know how to fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. They're touch starved. They stopped getting hugged at like 11 and 13. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? And they they don't get it from men. Other, You know what I'm saying? Other men when they're 11 and 13. So, like, you you unleashing a rabid animal <laughs> into the world, nineteen twenty and stuff. He ain't had a real honest to goodness deep down hug since he was thirteen years old. So it's, it's like a lot of situations that I hope we get it together. And watching this younger generation, just how honest they are, just how yeah. open they are, gives me so much hope. Like. They ain't oh afraid. They ain't afraid to speak their mind at all. Do you hear me? At all. <laughs> but if they don't speak their mind, speak it on the right stuff. That's how I look at it. I mean, it's okay to speak your mind because you got. If that's what you got to do, you got to do. But make sure it's about the right things. You know, uh, you since you told your age, I'm 47. I'll be 48 this year, and I'm learning now that 
to speak when it's wrong and to be quiet when it's right. Just because it's right don't mean you still got to speak on it. So that's a, that's a lesson I'm working on now because I'll be like, if I know I'm right, I'm going to let you know I know I'm right. But I ain't got to because I know I'm right. And they know but I'm right. That's, a, that's the thing. Oh my goodness. That's something that, you know, I, I used to go to battle with from my mom. Mm-hmm. And now I really, really try to apply that with my son. Yeah. At 45. Yep. I'm at 45. We tend to, to judge these youngsters off of yep. what we know at 45. Because I was dumb as a box of rocks at 20, you know, at 25. Mm-hmm. Honey, I was the most ignorant, most stereotypical, you know what I'm saying? Right. Girl that you could ever see. And, and, and I try not to, to judge and I will always tell my mom when I was that age, like, you're judging me off of you now. But Uncle Andre told me about you when you was my age with the hot pants and the platform And I, one thing that I say, and I'm like you do, I, I applaud myself. And it takes some getting used to, because as you get older, we kind of, and you understand your parents and your grandparents, because yep. sometimes as you get older, you get set in your ways, you get set in your mindset. And mm-hmm. it's your mind, and you have to keep, it's a, it's a constant practice. And it's yeah. a constant practice of growth and growing and learning. So I, you know, I listen to my, my Gen Zers over here at my house, and we have candid conversations and you know I let them at times be like okay if we're having a conversation and in a respectful way to be like mom you know this is wrong this is why you know we see it this way you know and it could be anything turn events to hell me telling them they can't do something you know what I'm saying right. like mm-hmm. you know I have that open dialogue you know they're not my friend they still respect me to their mom because they know I'm still and today I'm still lost school I'm shut shit down but it's the point that what I've learned is that I can't expect them to go into adulthood being people who can go out into the world and be able to show respect, give respect, and have open and honest conversation that they can't even do it in the house. That's so yeah. true. So it, it has to start there. And so, you know, you, you have to learn that it's not always uh, do as I say, not as I do. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have to learn to say, okay, you know what? Let's have a discussion about it. Let's talk about it. You know, they still know that I'm dead. We're their parents. You know, one thing that I will say, me and my husband are really good at, we have sons, we have daughters. Of course, my husband is going to show affection to his daughter because we're, you know, not a show affection to my sons, but we are we still very good about our kids are the teens, young, young adults, giving them hugs when you see them. Like, I, I, it gives me joy to know that when my son is with my husband, it's not always just a dad. Like, they hug each other. Uh, yeah. They, you know, they show that affection towards each other. And it's like, that's what I love to see because now I know that when my kids, you know, go out here and hopefully, you know, get married one day or something like that, you know, if that's all, if, if that's all they list to do, then they can show that affection to their spouse, they can show that affection to their kids because they got it at home, you know. Yeah. So I just and they're not starving for it, so they're not accepting. 
did anything just exactly. to get it. And I can promise you this. And you can tell the difference. I promise you this. When your kids are not starving for their affection, they you can, definitely can. You can tell. Yeah. Like, none of my kids, they have <laughs> looked all the different bad relationships and they just kind of like, if it was serving them, they had no problem. <laughs> That's my daughter. Good dog. That's my daughter. You know, I'm like, they, you know, not saying that they had their little heart broken. They hadn't had their times and they had to vent. But look, I, that's one thing I can say. And it was like, when it was like to that point where it's like, okay, you know what? This ain't serving me. I, I, I'm looking at this now and I've had to cry and I've had to vent. It ain't serving me. Let me walk away. And that wow. with being shown what love and affection should look like and should feel like, you know, and oh how, you know, yes. just being able to understand that it's okay not to hold on. It's okay to let it go. Um, you know, if it's not something that is going to be able to work. And so, you know, we just, stories like your story, they help with those people and those readers who might not have had it. And that's mm-hmm. so important um, because like I said, I'm proud that I'm able to show my kids. I'm proud that you're able to do that with your son. Crystal, you do that with your kids. But everybody don't have that. Yeah. It provides that type of outlet of relatability where they can say, God, I'm going through this. How can I come out on the other side? You know? What can yeah. I what can I change in my life, you know, to know and understand, hey, um, this 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 ain't right. What how can I be a better person? You know, I went through this hell, but how the hell can I climb out of this and get on the other side? You know, it's just like, right. it, it's, and this is showing that it is another side. Like it is another side. That's why I'm so like strawberry mentioned. I'm so like I go I used to go speak at the school and I'm trying to get back to speaking at the school to just show them because, you know, I, we were dirt pole. We was, we was pole pole. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you can, and you can beat that and you, and you can come out of that. And, and you might've been in an abusive relationship, but you can come out of that. And you might be homeless, but you can come out of that. Like if, if you get given a chance to open up your eyes another day, you got another day to get it right. So I am very vocal and I'm coming out in the light and I'm doing these interviews that make me really uncomfortable. And I am going on book tour just because I know that my I, that stuff happened to me for a reason. Right. And I, mean, I have to show. It happens and it's when, it, when you go through it, it's for you to tell your story so you can help somebody else hear. Yes. And I and that's why I love I, I wanna applaud you for the back of your book. The story in itself is awesome. But at the end of the book, you share a timeline of yourself from the portion of when you were going through this there are little short snippets when you started first going through the boyfriend abusive boyfriend getting pregnant all the way to present day and how you were having these setbacks and how you were able to come through your triumphs and your trials and it's just a, a timeline of not only your literary journey but your personal journey and how that 
your literary journey impacted your personal journey and, and vice versa. And so that to me is just as important as the story itself. And so I want to thank you for that. And for that, I want to listen, y'all read the whole entire because you know how sometimes we do, you know, the readers pick up book and make read the story, they'll read nothing else. Now you got to read the whole thing. You got to read the reader's part. <laughs> right, the whole thing. You gotta read this. So I applaud you for that because even that right there is just so stirring and gripping, and it's a, it's a vital part of your journey. And it's gonna be a vital part of your reader's journey because you never know who you are going to touch. And so I just say kudos to you for even being open to share that portion of your life. Needed to like I had to like all the stuff that's happening now. It, it is fabulous. Everything that, you know, being being published, having the magazines, you know, getting getting the acclaim and, and having the doors and being able to open up doors for other people is all good, but it is not a fairy tale. And like my husband said, like I'm a liar. I can spin you some good social media tales. Like I, I can I can I can write some some statuses. But right. But I need you to see what is real because you you might be so close and give up because you think it's not going to happen for you or because everything you lost everything that you think you can't get back up there. So I just want I needed to put that in to show them what was real. Like it's not it's not a fairy tale. It's real life. And if I did it, you can do it. And yep. once you start loving yourself and opening up yourself and being your true self, like everything unlocks for you. And that's what we have to learn first. We got to love ourselves before we can love anybody else. And then we won't be, like you said, out there seeking that no good love that you thinking is unconditional. You thinking, oh, I love you, girl. And it's a bunch of crap because he loved that girl. He loved that girl. He out here with community dick passing it everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. we love ourselves, definitely. I just started watching in Unprison last night on um, Hulu with Del, um, Delroy Lindo and Kerry Washington. Okay. And he had a conversation with his daughter because it was cute, but it was so serious. He told her that she was the side chick. And she said, I'm never a side chick. He said, yes, you are. Because a man don't lie to the main chick. A man lies to the main chick. He don't lie to the side chick because that's all you are, a side chick. And she found it out later. And he broke up with her and he looked at her like, you know, you're beautiful. You're never a side chick. You the main bitch. And I love that because that's what she needed because her dad was in and out of prison all her life. And at that moment in time, she needed that conversation that her from her dad to tell her, you ain't no side chick, you're a main bitch. So I can't wait to see what's next. But that's definitely what a lot of people probably need to hear too from that male point or that female not just male from that female in their life too that you will never a side bitch you always the main chick and when and you I, love yourself it's, it's it is increasingly hard to mistreat yourself or yeah, let other people is. mistreat you you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you are being mistreated, then you need to love on yourself more because when you loving on yourself, 
Yeah. I dare not. You dare not. <laughs> I'm me. Stop it. <laughs> you don't like me? Okay. What's that little um the little video, the cartoon video looking real people out and the guy breaking up with her and she's like, okay, and he get mad. Well, you told her you don't want to be with her no more. So what you supposed to say? Oh no. No, she was like, okay. <laughs> so uh-uh, I love me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am aware. I am aware of who I am, what I am worth, what I bring to the table. Sometimes I need a little reminder, you know, because of the trauma. You know, man. Yeah. And my and my baby got to be like, yes, you you are her. <laughs> okay, but yeah, you once you start loving yourself and in the process of loving yourself. Because everybody says that, but nobody really tells people how you do that. Because it's right. really, really corny. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you do not treat yourself if you're however old you are. You, you treat your the eight year old you. How would you treat eight year old you? That's how you have to start treating yourself. How would you and talk to eight that. year old you? That's yeah, how you're yeah. supposed to talk to yourself. I got mm-hmm. that from my daughter. She, she was like, you, you never would talk to little girl Julia like that. Mm-hmm. So why are you talking to grown up Julia like that? Like yeah. I say, Gen Z, they 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 don't hold no 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 punches nowhere. And then oh. they be smart about it. They they give you the logic that you need. That's another yeah. thing I love. Like they not just gonna say, oh you ain't gonna talk. You gotta tell me that they telling you why you ain't gonna do that. So I definitely love that about them. You right. I definitely love that about them too. Yeah. Oh yeah, so they're definitely explain to you. They're gonna Yes, they is gonna let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that for them though. I love that for them. Yes. I yes. Like, well, I thought Gen X was like the greatest generation, but we were some punks compared to Jason Gen Z. I say this for for Gen X. Where where we came our truth came in is being able to basically survive a lot of different situations. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we know how how to live life. Now I will now I will say this for Gen Z that I do work about them because they have so much accessibility to things that if stuff shut down, they don't know how really to defend for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The technology they're used to digital you know, digitalization and all this stuff. So they don't they don't know how to, you know, if this ain't working over here, how to shut down and do it. Because, you know, we had to work with what we had. You know, we had right. <laughs> we the, we the, uh, the people who had to figure out how to roll the cassette tape back in the get our cassette tape to play again. Now. Uh-huh, having to stick a pencil in it and roll it back up because the stuff yeah. came out. Y'all ain't even got that now. All they got to do is click a button on Spotify, Pandora, whatever. They got access to the people. Like, they don't understand. Right. They don't understand the struggle. <laughs> they really don't. They don't, they don't get struggle, but when they do, you know, what they do have that we did not have is the fact that we didn't necessarily have that flexibility to be able to speak our minds because, for one, it was, uh, you know, shut up, being a child's place when you spoke. Yeah, boomers was yeah. not having it. Uh-uh. You, not that, yeah, you, and, and there's a time and a place for even that part still, but it was the point that it was never a, a opportunity given for us to express ourselves. Right. You know, it was like you shut up and do as I say, not as I do type of situation all the time. 
and that was very hurtful because that's how you know predators were able to come into our lives for a very long time and in generations for all of those generations predators were able to come into our lives because you couldn't speak openly and they knew there were things that you could talk about they wouldn't want you to talk about and you didn't even have the space to safely express it but now with you child please okay I promise you what you ain't gonna do <laughs> with them not only are they going to say it, they're going to record it and post it. So what do you know? <laughs> Look, I, I, you're right. I ain't got to do what I'm going to do is post this right here on this Instagram and Yeah, you know, it's not that. Like what happens in this house stays in this house when Jen's it. Because we going live broadcasting that farm. Look at my mama. <laughs> they, they don't like me live Facebook. They don't like me live <laughs> so you get that crazy if you want to. They're gonna beat you there before they beat you there. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't have no qualms doing it at all. Oh, mm-mm. And there's little things that I couldn't say to my mom. Yes, mom. She be loud and wrong. Yes, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. Loud and wrong. <laughs> He's <laughs> looking at me like Nicki Minaj, and he backs up. No man, he backs up. We just gonna do this the wrong way until you ready to let me show you how to do it right. <laughs> but I don't know. It's this generation, and I was so scared. That was another thing I was scared about my book because. It's, it's in a time period from 1992 to 1996. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I am now in the historical fiction. <laughs> like, 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 she said it's historical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the story it was written in the 1900s. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared of how it be received, you know what I'm saying, in this, you know, day and age, but I think the story, the story is timeless, is is what women struggle with, is what young women struggle with, um, it's like, almost like a rite of passage thing, and the story, like, it covers, it breaks through the color barrier and the class barrier, because women, all walks of life, all race and cultures go through these things. Right. And make it wonderful. So all the women that can hear this by my voice, like start playing. So um anytime <laughs> 95, you shall see yourself in between the pages. Mm-hmm. It is really good. And I'm not saying that because I wrote it. Because after I wrote it, I read it. It was like this is so hot. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I understand that. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Regardless, look, historical fiction or not, it's real. <laughs> it is 
relatable and so that is what will have the draw and unfortunately like you said it even the times that we're in we're not exempt from these stories you know those same things are still happening even to every day and so we just have to do our part as far as educating you know bringing awareness that's you know I, I look at this story at that type of story as awareness and also you know overcome so you have you have those two messages in there and so that is the beauty of it and that's what makes it to me so you know we can appreciate it and, and those people who were <coughs> grew up in the 90s you know <laughs> that's the, the best decade Like, 
yeah. <laughs> like do you remember the amount of phone numbers you mentally knew like the <laughs> amount of numbers in your head now if my phone don't have a charge i can't call nobody because i don't know your number Listen, I, 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 I know my number, number and I know my number. number. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, if I'm in a die situation, I might not even remember. <laughs> right? So, I, I never forget. Um, <laughs> I asked my um, baby son, what's your mama number? He said, Mama. <laughs> You know, I, I pop up in the, in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Mama, I know what's the number. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember numbers either, so I, 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 I was like, I need to remember a couple of more important numbers, and this is ridiculous. If my phone dies, I can't even ask somebody, can I use your phone to call somebody? I just got to wait it out. I don't get your phone number by heart. Right. And you know what's funny? I can remember my childhood number, but be struggling to remember my cell phone number for this very reason because I had to remember that number. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, can't, I can't help you there. I can't help you there. I don't, I don't, all I remember is 301-630. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> That is it. That just go back to what the things that we had that we was going through, and you know, mm-hmm. although it seems like a struggle, it, if you think about it, like you said, if your phone ain't charged, so I can't call that old number because I don't know who got that number. Right, you don't know <laughs> who got it. I definitely ain't gonna remember the number that I'm supposed to have. <laughs> look, call and be like, do you know this person? Well, if you do, can you? Oh, can you look? Oh my gosh, remember how you used to have to call and be like, can you look? This number up for me in the phone book. Yes. You remember calling time and calling weather? Yeah. 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 I'm like, call time and see what what time it is. Call weather. I used to to call the time or weather because, like, when I knew I was going to be on the phone late, because I finally had got a phone in my bedroom. So if I knew I was going to be on the phone late, so my phone wouldn't ring, I had I used to call the time or weather, waiting for people to call me. So all I got to do is click over. (laughs) (laughs) And my mama won't get the phone ringing. Yep. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But ladies, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. It really has. I, I have enjoyed it. Absolutely. I scrolled out memory lane for the south <laughs> of the 90s. Still the best era ever. We don't care. Right. Yes. Still the best era ever. So, but before we get out of here tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to do it to tell everyone where they can reach out to you and where they can purchase your book. Well, you can reach out to me on um, Facebook. If you if you want to get an answer, you're probably best to Facebook. You email me <laughs> at julietintellectualinc.com. But my my email and my inbox get flooded. So your best bet is to to to, to comment on my wall or on my good morning post. Because <laughs> Lord. But um yeah, my Facebook is Julia Preston. Everything um 
It's Julia Pressilis. You can get strawberry bean shit everywhere, child. Everywhere. You used to be on just the chicken circuit, okay? It just <laughs> was on the, the, the chillers where black books were sold. But you right. know, now you can run up in the Barnes and Nobles and any any brick and mortar establishment, you'll see me there. You know, saying going to Walmart. As soon as it's in Walmart, you'll see the twerking videos of me twerking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's on Amazon. But before I go, I really, really, really have to shout out my agent, Kwan. Kwan. Yes. None of this would not be possible if, you know, he did not reach back. And, you know, him and Charlotte pulled me into the forefront. So I just want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with it, it'll your dreams, if you go after them, you will catch them, bitches. They run mm-hmm. slow. You just got to run faster than them. <laughs> and anybody who tells you that it's going to be easy is a lie. They lie, they stink, and they don't know Jesus. Because it is hard. It is very, very, very hard. There's no quick way to success. You have to take the stairs. And, and, and with their stinky ass feet, take them stairs. Yes. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Julie is amazing. I love her one-liners. Oh, my God. She's taking me out. <laughs> but, yeah. That's it. Um, I, I love to hear from my readers. I'm going on tour. I'll be in Chicago in September and probably in August. Um, I'll be in the Philadelphia, the tri-state area this month, and you can find out about that on my website, jpsimmons.com. Don't look on it now, though. It ain't updated. And, um, <laughs> Facebook, be my Facebook friend, because I'm old. I'm on TikTok and, and Instagram and stuff, but I'm old, and I don't check that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. And I love to hear from you. I really want to know what y'all, because I've added, like, this isn't, if you read Strawberry Mansion before, it's a little different. I added some stuff. I closed some loops. And then, you know, I, I told my life, I wrote my life in the back of the book. So I'm really interested in getting y'all feedback and seeing and hearing how y'all feel about it. Yes, yes, yes. So please be a little kicked up, pick it up. Now I got I, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask. I don't know if this is possible, but I'm gonna ask. Is it gonna be an audio book? Because we got some, uh, some hardcore audio book listeners. Mm. I don't know, child. Like, them, them, them people over there who gave me a check for that, they didn't charge that stuff. <laughs> no. But as soon as they tell me, I'ma tell y'all. Okay. Look, she gonna tell us, hey, I'm with it, I'm with it. So let us know so that we definitely want to share that too. It's many mediums platforms. We would definitely share, share, share. Have no problem with that at all. But Crystal, I want to give you an opportunity to let the listeners know how they can reach out to you. You can find me on um, IG, Books and Soul One. That's where I'm at the most. But recently, I haven't been. I've been doing some other things. And you can find me on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, Clubhouse, and YouTube as Books and Soul. So that's where I'm at. 
Oh. Well, I am Author Untamed. I am on all social medias and under Author Untamed on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Clubhouse. But much like Julia, if you want to reach out to me and you actually want me to respond, <laughs> then uh-huh. you be Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Now, I'm really good about you know, those three, but everything else, I, I'm there, but I'm not there. <laughs> you know, I'm just residing on those platforms. I'm not <laughs> Like it, like I akin it to a house of my summer homes. I don't be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. <laughs> my summer homes. My summer homes. I don't be there. <laughs> so, you know, you can definitely find me there, but I won't, uh, you know, whenever I check in, that's what I see. <laughs> But definitely make sure you're following the Get Caught Up podcast on Instagram and also GCU underscore podcast on Twitter. And we do have the Get Caught Up author podcast group on Facebook. It is for readers, authors, aspiring writers, you know, anybody who just want to be a part of a literary community and that music, act, music arts, whatever, put you join the group and we share about everything that's going on the podcast. We'll be sharing tips, um, all type of different things. But the group is where I'm really trying to build up on Facebook, you know, to get the community of us together to talk and support each other to the fullest that we can. And um, so definitely, 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 if you are on Facebook, join the group, join the group. <laughs> and also, make sure that you tune in. This month, we are doing something different. We started the narrator of the month. So one month, we do book of the month. The other month, we do narrator of the month. This month is narrator of the month. We will be here with D. Lewis on April 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in for that. And our next author interview will be with author J.B. Vampole. So make sure that you tune in for that. And of course, as always, if you would like commercial slots or you want to be a sponsor, you can visit the website for that information. Commercials are at untangedpublishing.net. Sponsorships are at Get Caught Up. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm about to give y'all the doggone Instagram handle again. It is anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. Let me get my life right. Okay, so that is what you can go. That could be time for all these jobs you're doing. I'm telling you. Listen, just go somewhere. If you go on Instagram, help us ask me out there. Why? Just go there and I'll tell you where it's at. And please make sure you check us out on Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. We are on a few more um, platforms. Those are our main ones. I'm so proud to be on Have to Get Caught Up podcast there. And listen, I am going to say it again because I'm so excited and I'm so proud. We are now streaming in 40 countries. Yes. 40 yes. When we started out, it was one platform in one country, which is the greater United States of America. And we have now expanded 
to 11 different platforms and 40 countries. I'm so thankful to everyone who sold in, to all the authors and everyone in the lit community who just rallied behind this podcast and supported. Y'all just want my heart. It's the reason why I did it so that we can broaden our reach. And we are doing that one country at a freaking damn time. And yes. we out here in these literary streets. We out here in these literary countries, not streets no more. We didn't move to the country. Listen, the literary country international, baby. Yes, we international. We international, baby. Okay. That's what that's what Oprah and Gail do. That's what we do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so much. I didn't die. <laughs> you did not. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. For being and let us reminisce. Yes, for being a trooper. You did not, like I said, you did not die. You did an amazing job. As you sure always, did. As always, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and chat up. You have phenomenal presence in a great and beautiful story. So I want you guys out there to make sure that you support Julie, support her work. And, you know, I and definitely, oh my God, get this book, read this book, and read her story, both the fictional story and the true life story in the back of the book. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, again, as I always say, Make sure you tune in to our past episodes if you have not done so. They are always available. And until next time, don't forget to get caught up. Good night. Good night. Night, night. <laughs>